Welcome back to the unimpostering, unimposters, or under the, the unimposterization of uh, un, no, no, un, unpasteurizing, unpasteurizing. That's, that's just not right. That's not safe. We need, we need to change that. Dude, okay, so, so what happened? What was what had happened last time? We talked about about Bible stuff. We talked about needing a name for the podcast, and then I started editing things, and I cut out the name of the podcast before I could remember the I name of the podcast. I think it was the Unimposturers. I think we're the Unimposturers. I think that works. But I also thought about the Unimpost Church, oh. which uh, it, it, it's going to be hard to spell is the problem. I mean, any of these are going to be hard to spell. We might yes. as well just put both of them. Yes. The Unimposturers Church. The Unimposturers Church. church, church. Mm. Mm. We'll keep working on it. it. sounds like we're trying to start a boat. Do you know, you know we're also trying to start <laughs> this, this episode. Podcast. <laughs> Hi, I'm I'm Damien, and uh, I professionally read the Bible to other people's teenagers, and then try and help them understand what it might mean for them. And I'm Andy, and I very unprofessionally read the Bible to myself while looking intense. Oh boy, and, and, and intense does he look? Especially because today we are starting in Genesis, the chapter one. It is the second book of the Bible right after the book of the table of contents. And I will never apologize for that joke because it makes some people cringe and other people giggle and other people go, do I have to memorize it? I will. I will apologize for that joke. <laughs> All right. So you may be very, very, very familiar with this story. If you have not read much of the Bible at all, you are probably familiar with the idea that God made stuff. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to read the whole uh, chapter here. Uh, oftentimes what we will do is we will just read uh, uh, the relevant part. Yes. The last time we recorded this, I said salient, and, our, and then, <laughs> then you, you very appropriately said, let's what take salient mean? Let's, let's un-SAT this. <laughs> hey, yes. we, could do, we could pitch this as an SAT vocab class. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, I, oh, losing Okay, okay, I, I, I broke Damien here. We're going to have to get back on track. <laughs> okay, so we are going to read chapter one of the book of Genesis, and we are going to look at uh, what, what it says and, uh, and what it means. Please, if you have a Bible, go ahead and like read along. Uh, Andy's going to read out of a version. It is a a hard covered blue version. It's blue. It's, it's a New American Standard, which is a really great version of the Bible. I think at some point in time, when we're tired of reading out of the Bible and want to start reading about the Bible, one of the things we might do is actually talk about why there's so many different versions of the Bible. Yes, it's a fun topic. Until that point in time. Go ahead and uh, like I would suggest you you find on your on your phone under like you know any of the no- numerous number of either websites or Bible apps the NASB New American Standard Bible version of chapter one of the book of Genesis. I'm not going to wait for you to turn there because you have that handy dandy pause key. And if you're driving, please do not do that. Just listen. Unless you're in Texas, and then no one will be able to tell the difference. <laughs> but even so, don't do it. I'm winking. <laughs> All right, we're going to read the Bible now. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good. God separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, one day. Then God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate water from water. So God made the expanse, and it separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above it. And it was so. God called the expanse heaven, 
and there was evening and morning a second day. Then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let dry land appear. And it was so. God called the, the dry land earth, and, get, and the gathering of the waters together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants according to their seed, fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after the kind of their seeds, and it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them, in them after their kind, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening and morning a third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate day from night, and also to be signs for seasons and days and years. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light to the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater to govern the day and the lesser to govern the night. He also made stars. God placed them in the expanse of the heaven to give light to the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. Then God said, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of heaven. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarmed after their kind and every winged bird after its kind and God saw that it was good. I will not apologize for not saying winged. That, that part's not in the Bible. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning, a fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, and according to our own likeness. Let him rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, and over the cattle and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps along the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves along the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. These shall be your food. And every beast of the earth, and every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. What genre is this book? How do we approach the book of Genesis? Maybe a better question. How do we approach the book of Genesis? I think the first step to do, to answer either of those questions, is to say, what is this saying? And here, hopefully, Genesis chapter 1 is, like a one-sentence summary would be pretty straightforward. Like, uh, God makes everything. God, God makes everything. Okay, good. So, you know, you know that would be kind of an interesting task, is to read through the entire Bible and summarize every chapter with one sentence? To just like like God makes everything like I, I know they've they've kind of done that with like the the titles that they sneak into people's Bibles like so, some people with like people who do that are really boring. You ever notice that they're like it's very utilitarian. It's like it's like you know David makes a bad. Actually, it's not even that interesting. It's David and Bathsheba. Yeah, but if it was me, it's like David super messes up and becomes the tortured story for all pastors for the rest of the year you know like th things like that yeah and like just having to think about the chapter and be like what is this actually saying is 
that's a good first step in interpreting the Bible just universally. Like yes. If you come up with a one to two sentence description of what this whole chapter is saying, that means you've already had to turn your brain on. Yeah. So then they, they, the question that comes up for me is like, if that's what it says, why is it important? Or is it important? Actually, that's a better question. Is, is it important? And if yes, then why? So I'm going to take a radical right turn here. Okay. Um, Just put on a turn signal, which you did. Thank you. I did. I did. Um, so I would totally agree that why is this important or how is this important is something we should hit. But I want to hit before that, what is this saying in a little more detail? Because at least for me, it's easier to know if it's important, if I know what it's saying. Yes. All right. So let's detail it. Um, so for me, I think the fr I think the best way to do this at least when you're starting out, is just be honest about what you have questions about. Because people are shockingly usually not bad at coming up with the point of a story and like getting a lot out of it if they're just honest about what they don't know. So like for me, one thing I look at, I'm like, what is up with this constant repetitive, and God made it, and he said this should happen, and it is. And then what's up with the evening and then morning? Why are we counting days? Why, why, when we get to the end of this thing, do we spend, what, five solid verses just on people? I mean, five solid verses in the beginning of the thing is talking about the creation of light, darkness, heaven, earth, the seas, the, land, the dry land, and then you get to the end and we spend that much time talking just about people. It's like, to me, all of these are things like, and what, why is God calling, talking about us making man, and why is he saying man should be made in our, our image, like in the image of God? What is going on here? So basically all of chapter one. Those are good questions, though. But the, look, man, those are those are questions that if someone actually read you the story and you hadn't been around church, you hadn't sat in a Sunday school, you hadn't been to vacation Bible school, and someone just read you that story, that you would have those questions. You would yeah. you would naturally occur across those questions. But we have trained it out of people to be curious, and so we need to train the curiosity. You're not back allowed into to our... ask questions about the Bible. Oh my heavens, dude. that's not faith. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So like we no we need to we need to like train that back in. So let's let's let's, let's walk the dog on a couple of these questions then. Like uh, that, that that first one, man. Um, that the first question, like why. Why, why is it that it's like evening and then morning? Why, is it why does it repeat evening and morning every single time? These are the easy questions. Okay. The easy questions is because the Hebrew day starts the night at nighttime, does the night, and then is the next day. So, like, we start, well, if you think about it, technically our day starts at midnight, but no one treats it that way. Like, you think about Monday starting Monday morning when you woke up. Yes. For a Jew, Monday morning starts, or Monday starts Sat Sunday night when you go to bed. Yes. So that's why they're saying it was evening and it was morning the first day, because that's how they think about what a day is. Right. How, how does that change? Like, wh where do we go from, like, the day starts when I wake up? Not like, not like the day starts when I finally figure out how to put myself to sleep. That's a good question. I do not know. Because, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I met some people who, like, they actually, they're younger than everybody else because they slept less. <laughs> For them, some of them actually just started 2020. <laughs> God bless their hearts. <laughs> Those guys are going to need some help soon. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't tell them about, a, about the murder hornets. <laughs> I'd completely forgotten about the mur murder hornets. Thank you for bringing up that. Woo! <laughs> Spicy year. All right, so that, that was the thing. Um, you brought up another, another fun thing, which was why, why, is, it, why is it so important to have spent five verses on people 
Yeah. So there are a lot of takes for this. All of them essentially boil down to the same thing, which is that God cares especially about people. I'll, I'll like I'll share my favorite, but they but there's a lot of different ideas, and they do all boil down to essentially that God cares about people. Um, so another one for, that goes along with counting the days is the idea that this kind of mimics the plan for building a temple. So God's building all of creation as a temple. And so what do you do at the end of building the temple is you put the idol in the temple, which represents the God. And just to be clear, no one in history thought that the piece of wood was actually the God. That is not how anyone worked, regardless of what you've heard. Like, but what they did think was that the idol was a place where the God like met reality. Like that is where the intersection point between this God's nature and this God's essence and your life can be. And so you went there because, not because that piece of wood in the, in the temple of whatever pagan God was, was itself a God, but because you could, you could talk to it as, and the God would understand, like the God would be there, the God would interact with your life there. And so what happens at the end of this story, when God is creating the entire world and the entire universe is a temple, is you get humans being created as kind of the implication is the idol in God's temple, by which we mean like the one that reflects who God is to the entire world. So what you end up with is this idea of people being made in the image of God, which is a massive topic that has is basically the basis for all Christian ethical thought in all of history. Like, why can't you just kill somebody? Oh, because they're made in the image of God. They have, like, just just every time you see them, that is part of who they are. Yeah, the the whole idea behind human dignity and the the Christian ethic behind human dignity is founded upon the idea of being made in his image, being his image bearers. Um, For for me, I, I see that repeated again, uh, very specifically by Jesus when he is talking with the Pharisees who asked if they should pay taxes. And he said, well, you know, show me the money. And they showed him the money. And it's like, oh, it's got a picture of Caesar. He obviously put his picture on it. He put his image on the thing. So maybe give him his stuff that has his picture. Oh, by the way, if there's anything around there that has God's image in it, then maybe give him his stuff too. Uh, and I, I don't know if, like, if, if he was as sarcastically emphatic as I was just now. Considering at one point he flips tables in the temple, I'm betting he was. Yes. Well, there's also a moment when he was surrounded by people and then a woman who was having a really bad life like touched his clothes and he stopped and said, who touched me? And the disciples said, what are you talking about? Yeah, all of this. The answer to your question is yes, sir. <laughs> You've been bobbed for the last six hours. What are you talking about? Did you just, did your bubble suddenly happen? <laughs> But yes, uh, yeah, the, the, the idea of putting the, putting the image within the temple, uh, the, the, the graven image, and you know, that, that even like, you know, the idea of like having him having carved us out or like, you know, formed us, uh, uh, sculpted us, the, the image of the sculptor is, is oftentimes repeated through, through scripture as well as uh, uh, God as the artist. We're actually going to put a stop right here, but we're going to conclude our thoughts next time on the Unimposters podcast, talking about what God did when he put his image into his creation and even investigate some other cultures, their gods, and what it meant for them to put their representatives into their cultures as well. 
We're going to have some fun. We're going to look at the rest of the first chapter of the book of Genesis, and we're going to enjoy you being here with us on the Unimposters podcast.